Welcome, reanimated fans, to this week's episode. Coming off of a long Thanksgiving weekend, hope everybody had in the U.S. who celebrate have a good holiday. Um, but I am here as always with my intrepid co-host, Stuart Tiffin. Hello. Ahoy, AJ. How are you doing? Good, good. If I can get past the, you know, co- food coma that's been pretty much there all, all weekend, uh, I'll be fine. Uh, but it is a good weekend to chat about some some zombie stuff. Um you know, we're back to the Walking Dead land beyond. And then we have a couple of news items uh, before we jump into that. Uh, but we're going to do the first couple episodes of World Beyond in season two. Um, but before we get to that, let's hop into the, the news items. And so this is just, you know, I was a little puzzled by this particular one just because, um you know, the end and the apocalypse, one of the, like, I guess they're doing some kind of follow-up project. Um, and, you know, I think that most people like realize that or knew that the main person um, sort of involved with the creation who had created that sort of, um, you know, uh, little, little video, um, sorry, it was originally what end and the apocalypse was based on. It was kind of like a, um, it was a zombie film, musical. It? Yeah, it was like zombie musical. Um, and but one of the main creators like died during this, um, during the making of of um of like cancer. I, I think it was like kind of like a rare cancer. Um, and that was Ryan McHenry. Um, but John McPhail, who directed and the on the apocalypse, is doing another sort of like weird meme-based horror film, I guess, like a ghost story. Um, so I mean, I thought he did a pretty good job with this. I'm not sure about the, this, at least with the synopsis of this. Um, it's like a kid haunting an apartment or something strange like that. I don't know. What did you think about it, Stuart? Uh, yeah, I, um, I at first I was excited to see something more in the vein in the vein of Anna and the Apocalypse. Uh, I know you've been watching it every Christmas since oh, it yeah. came out. I, I've only seen it the one time we reviewed it. I, I feel like I could use more of that in my life, but I was hoping for a little more of this. Um, I think they are going in a slightly different direction, which makes sense. Doesn't say anywhere here that it's going to be a musical, though, either, does it? Nope. Um, but I guess we'll we'll see a little bit more when this actually comes out. Uh, I'll admit, just because of the the music too, and in the apocalypse, I'm still waiting for that that Broadway musical. So we're probably off off Broadway musical as <laughs> it probably would be. But yeah. Uh, but it's still one of my favorite holiday films since it came out a couple of years ago. So uh, so we'll have to keep an eye on this and see what comes of it. I mean, I don't want to be judgy about a a meme based project. Maybe that just gives them more leeway. Uh, And I do like him as a director. I think he did a very good job with then in the apocalypse. So, um, you know, let's I'll reserve judgment till we see it, Uh, but certainly not zombie based, but I'm, I'm okay with the culty things anyway. Hmm. Um, As long, but you know, I don't know. You're not a big fan of possessions. Possessed children. If this is like a possessed kid, I'm not sure about that. Um, But in any case, um, in other news, uh, you found this clip and I had seen this too. um, And it's basically a shark that has just honestly, I don't know. It must, I guess, whatever attacked him or her must have missed major things enough that the shark can keep going it does not look like it should be alive and it does kind of look like a zombie shark which is the headline yeah but really this is a new york post link so apologies (laughs) in advance for that guys 
But this is really something you need to see would do it more favors than us talking about it. But it is like a weird looking clip of an animal that should not still be alive. And it probably does die within minutes or of this (laughs) or less of this video being taken. But it's a scary looking shark swimming around. It's I mean, the the article does say that this is probably shark on shark predation. Maybe he had a, a boo boo and the other sharks were like, mm, tasty treat and went after him and then managed to get away for a hot second. But it's weird and dis- uh, it's unsettling to look at this because this shark is missing large par- parts of itself. He's um, I don't know, fighting the good fight. Um, but one of my <laughs> one of my fa- I mean, sharks do definitely prey on other sharks. And one of my favorite things that happened, I think it was like a year or two ago, but you know how they do the shark trackers. So they had a fairly substantial shark that they were tracking and then realized that it had been basically eaten by another shark. So like the the signal was still going, but it was coming from the belly of another shark, basically. So uh, did they figure this out when the second shark pooped out the initial tracker? And I then... think so. Yeah, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Something like that. Um, but in any case, um, enough about sharks. Uh, then the, the last thing uh, that we found was um, the Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. So um, yeah, the, the thing I liked about this this article, and it's basically in the headline, is the guy who directed Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, which I believe is in theaters now, not yet available to stream, is my understanding. It, it, he has a quote that he the thing he was most scared of in this project was living up to the expectations of zombie fans like you and me, H.A. Hmm. Uh, because he, he was doing a... There's a set piece in a police station uh, loosely based on assault on precinct 13, I believe it is. Mm. Um, And uh, he was like, he apparently started to have like a little mini panic attack on the day on the day where he's just like, if I don't nail this, I've got like 60 years of zombie movies to live up to. And if I don't get this exactly right, people are going to hate me. So um, I I don't want him to feel bad about the work he's doing. We haven't seen the movie yet. We'll hopefully have some nice things to say to say about it. But I I appreciate the sort of pressure you must feel in this genre with people as passionate about it as we know folks are. Yeah. Um, And I I think that that is a hard undertaking for anybody doing these kinds of things are those expectations. Um, But, you know, there's also I don't know. I also feel like there's a level of like cheesiness for me anyway that goes along with it or a sense of humor about it that you have to have too. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to walk the line a little bit with these kinds of things. Um, Like people enjoy sort of like those little Easter eggs that you throw in there um, if you are a real fan. So um, but in any case, I guess we will eventually get back to Raccoon City, but you know, not for a long, long time. I don't think given the other stuff we have to review. There's, um, yeah. There's so much to do. Uh, I don't want to, yeah, I definitely don't want to lose track of that movie. Um, once it, once it's more available to us. Right. But we, today we're here to talk about world beyond season two. Yep. Um, and I don't know if you remember too clearly H a where we left this show, but I mean, I think the thing we both remember most with most clarity, it was the absurd premise that, the CR was moving mountains to recover hope mm-hmm. because she was presumed to be a genius. But the twist was that it wasn't just her. It was her and her sister who were double geniuses or only yep. when combined wonder twin powers, twin yeah. uh, uh, geniuses. 
yeah. it was uh, it was a laughable way to end the season. Um, and I th- yeah, so w- when this one starts out, it, it, there's actually a lot to try and remember. Mm-hmm. I feel like when when the season begins, and I don't feel like the recap really helped enough. So I will own up to the fact that I started to watch this and then I'm like, uh, I think I have to go and like read some summaries of the last episode just to refresh my memory, which I did. Is that um, just because of how long it's been about a year? Yeah, it's like, been is, a while. But I also think I mean, look, is that a, um, like do we usually have to be reminded of between no. seasons of a Walking Dead show? Like usually you have a you have a better sense of what's going on, I feel like. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that it wasn't just me. No, and I will also throw out there and again, like there's some good things to like about this show. Like there's some things that I really, you know, want to you you kind of want to see what this is like in the future and you kind of want to see how things have, have turned out or are turning out. And so there's things that I definitely like about it. But I also feel like out of a lot of the spinoffs and, you know, like, look, all the Walking Dead shows at some point kind of run into this. But it kind of feels like it's this from the get go. There's some pretty big plot points here that I don't think necessarily make sense. So if you're talking about the CRM and, you know, they've gone through so much trouble to sort of go and get this genius because it's their hope and uh, ha ha ha, given that her name's hope. Um, But, you know, she's supposed to be sort of like the apprentice or sort of somebody that's going to be able to help them solve whatever the Walker problem is right. And, and hopefully save civilization. But then on the other hand, you've got the group kind of taking out different sort of colonies full of people that, you know, like at least as we are to understand it in this world, like humans and especially humans that are working together. And I mean, we've seen this in some of the other spinoffs and shows like humans that are working together collaboratively, like in the type of thing that we saw in the the Omaha colony are pretty rare. So it feels like these are some of the things that just bother me. And maybe this is something that we'll hear more about later. But one of the big things was that the CRM or I I don't know if it's them as a whole or just uh, what's her name? Uh, Kublek took out a whole colony of people. Yeah. I'm, I'm wait a second. I want to go back to the fact that you could remember her name because I honestly went through both episodes and had no, no idea. I was just calling her Colonel. <laughs> so is this just from reading the synopsis is that you remember? Yeah, probably, probably. Because I don't feel like they ever, it. they never refer to her by her name. It's yeah. just Lieutenant Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel. Uh, but yeah, in any bananas. case, but they set up this thing and this was sort of, we found this out in the last season, which is that, Basically, shortly after our little troop of uh, rebels leave leave the colony, um, it's taken out by CRM. So if they had stayed there, they probably would have died. Well, um, it's but- not. Yeah, we we assumed it, it definitely looked like it could have been CRM who took took out the, the college campus. But they never did they ever come out right and say that. They didn't, but you kind of get from Kublik that she was very much aware of it. And yeah. um, and then we get some confirmation or at least there's a lot of lies happening. So, again, maybe this is something that I'm misunderstanding. But I think one of the biggest things for me just to try to figure out or understand is that why you would take out a colony of people like as resources. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and even if a, they we, we asked this question last last season, too, because, it, it you know, like there's no there's no suspension here of our belief that CRM are baddies, right? They wear the right. black uniforms with the weird face covers. 
they fly black helicopters. They're doing all of the things to make us think that they're the baddies. Right. And yeah, and the 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 six weeks ago um, flashback that begins this season is telling you just straight up that they not only took out the college campus, but that they took out the city of Omaha, which was apparently a massive walled city to right. uh, to to compare with like the passage book two, right? When they get to that big city, that's like yeah. holding out against the vampire plague. This is a huge fortress, right? Uh, that, you know, the CRM just kind of paves over with zombies and they're using, they've weaponized zombies, but they also have like their major advantages here are clearly gassed and, and helicopters and like working, working machinery like that, that they can, they can use to, harness the power of zombies to just destroy anything that they want to destroy. And that's clearly well, and, what they've done. And it's what they've done. But again, it's sort of like, okay, but why? And but yes, that's the question. That and is not and also, if you have all these resources, wouldn't those resources be better? I don't know, used into taking out some of these hordes or like figuring out how to grow more crop, something like that. But anyway, well, yeah, by the end of episode two, and we see what Silas is doing and, and Dennis, his, his new uh, mentor, and yep. how excited he is about what they're, the work that they're doing. You're like, all right. So on one hand, the CR is like do, doing things like what, what's going on where Cyrus Silas has ended up. On mm -hmm. the other hand, they're doing this other thing. And the two goals, the, the two methods are completely opposed. Yep. It's so, so weird. So in any case, just going into setting that up. And again, maybe they're going to show us more. But they 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 aren't doing a great job. I mean, especially in this beginning, this first episode. I guess they're trying to set the table. They're also trying to ease us in, probably after a season of not being around all these, to kind of figure out where people are at. So the big thing is is that Hope is with Huck and with uh, uh, Kublik, and um, her sister and Felix are like with this kind of like outlier community that is somehow has like a truce ish with the yeah. with the crm just in the first also, two episodes that gets really muddy because at the yeah, end like, at the end of again, last season it was like this is the resistance and so we're like cool i understand what a resistance is or like right. the revol like the underground but then like with, within one episode <laughs> or maybe two maybe it's the second episode where you like where you see suddenly kublek and indira having that conversation you're like wait no these guys aren't these guys aren't a revolution. They are like the the collaborators who maybe are right. dabbling in revolution. Like it's there's there's a whole lot of mess here. Yeah. So so in any case, you know, they're they're kind of trying to set that up. And we also have Kublai kind of setting. I mean, look, you've got hope that who's been manipulated all the way. The person one of the people that she trusted the most, uh, Huck, she no longer trusts. She doesn't trust anything at like. I just kind of like, again, it's just kind of hard to even imagine Hope getting to a place where she's going to like, and that's kind of what she does is like for, for survival sake, she she's like, all right, I'm going to make nice with these people just so I can figure out what's next. Um, and maybe at the very least to be able to see her dad. Um, but, you know, there's just stuff here that like, I don't know if it's the script, it's a storytelling. It's just doesn't, it feels like very messy and yeah. slow also. So, like so it was, it is a slow couple episodes, but I will say this too. I found these both to be enjoyable to watch. If I could detach my mind from like the meta story, the stuff that yeah. we're talking about right now, which is like the why on earth, because it has to be a really compelling why, as you right. said, 
and, and if they don't get there, then that's going to be a problem. But frankly, these two episodes taken, like looking just only at what's going on and, and not thinking about the whys of why the CRM does anything they do. It, they're pretty interesting. Like these are decent episodes. They have, no, well, they're, not, they're slower, and- but they have, they have good arcs like, and, and hope goes through some, goes through some stuff and has to like come to terms with some stuff. It's, it's fairly good. Uh, th- there are some also not great parts and it's be- basically anything with Leo, her dad and Dr. Yeah. Belfour, I think is her name or yeah, Lila. Yeah. Yeah. Those are any scenes with the two of them drag in a way that I don't even understand what's going on. Like last season, there was an episode where they had a date and it was the most boring date date ever, ever. And this, and in one of these episodes, they're like having a conversation. And I just, when, when those two were talking, I don't know if it's the dialogue or what's happening. There's no chemistry. It's so dull to watch those two people on screen together. I agree. And I'm not quite sure what the issue is, but same. I just was like, Oh, I don't know if I like what did I miss something? Why is this? It just feels like it's going on forever. And yeah. it also doesn't. I don't know. Uh, but but maybe it's I just two scientists you. like getting freaky <laughs> and, and not, not that great. You know, well, I guess it's just that their conversations don't really push anything forward, anything more than we saw kind of in the last one. Maybe that might yeah, be why that could be it. Um, but basically, you know, we've we see sort of the not the evolution of hope, but hope who we saw in the first season was impetuous. She still is impetuous. She's still a rule breaker, Gosh. but she is. I mean, she's still doing yeah. stupid stuff and stuff that like, OK, given that you are sort of like and I am blending into like the second episode here, too. Yeah, they kind, kind of, of but, they're, they're totally blended in my head. Yeah. Too, so so we might I'm going to just kind of talk about them together. But basically hope, you know, we see a little bit of restraint or at least a little bit of like, OK, I have to make Kublik and Huck believe me. And she stupidly tells Huck that that's exactly what she's doing later. But yeah. Like, you know, she she knows she's got to rein in her sort of impetuous, impulsive side to be able to get what she wants to basically to rescue her sister, to figure out what's happening with CRM. And she's also fed the story that the college campus and in, in Omaha are gone um, and doesn't we can tell she doesn't really buy it. But, um, you know, she wants to see her dad. She's trying to, like, play both sides of this. She's trying to get, I guess, a better sense of how CRM works. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit hard to do that when everybody knows that you're the new face in town. Right. Um, But but, let's let's also discuss quickly. I mean, there's not a whole lot to to talk about here because it is kind of a basic plot point, but they drop her off in Albany and are just like, you have to choose to come with us. And then right. there's this whole uh, subplot about Candace Froder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they like, put strange. in a couple of different posters to make sure we know it's Candace Froder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then she meets Candace Froder and she's completely gone off the rails and uh, she's a loony. And you're supposed mm-hmm. to be like, this is what this is your future. You know, this is your future right. hope. If you if you choose not to go with them, you're going to be a crazy and you're going to be living in a weird room in a city full of zombies. And that's that's what you've got going for you. And. And, you know, it's like not a huge leap to get to where she's telling Huck. The only reason I came with you guys is because uh, I couldn't have lived. Otherwise, this was the only way there was a way forward for me. Um, And so I'm I'm a little bit questioning Kublik's, you know, thinking on that. Well, yeah, because it's like you bring somebody to a zombie infested city. They've already been out there. Like she already has seen, you know, sort of 
what things are like. It's and like they knew Candace Froder was going to be there. <laughs> I don't know, but I agree with you. It wasn't that difficult a choice and also not a hard leap to see that that Hope was kind of going to do that. Um, yeah. But in any case, you know, she's now in in, you know, she gets reunited with her dad. She's got some weird interactions with Lila um, and, you know, she's kind of trying to play a sneaky spy. Not very well. She's but not a sneaky no. spy. And then they introduce like the boy also in the, in oh, the second come on. episode where I know. she's being where she's being sneaky and he busts her. And he's like, what are you trying to go into that authorized personnel only room for? And then right. they start flirting immediately. Oh, and, yeah. And then and then it's also like, yeah, you know, what's your name or what, that whole stupid thing where it's like, obviously, he knows who you are. Um, but anyway, this is where the YA nature of this show is like so on its sleeve. You're just yeah, like, oh, yeah. we're going to have like boy romance and oh this is great um yeah but but in any case we have so we have that going on with hope and then we've got felix will um and oh why am i blanking on sister's name i just uh, iris i called it i was writing down alice in my notes for the longest time because i also just had such a hard time remembering these characters yeah yeah, but it's it's iris Iris. and Um, she's she's actually gone through some fairly significant changes from the beginning of the show yeah so that is one thing that i not like i kind of liked this which is that you know she basically also they have heard similar news because that about omaha and college campus and they are from Will, who's way Will. too informed, a little I, bit too. I kind of yeah. feel like Will is um, another mole. Oh, he's got to be because he has way too much information given who he is that he was supposed to be part of the security detail for yeah. Iris's dad. And you know, I I just agree with you. I kept being like, man, he has. How did he even get this information? He's got a lot, and he feels like it feels too. I mean. We know that Felix gave up a lot and sacrificed a lot and was absolutely miserable when he thought something had happened to Will. And then there's the whole like, like heartfelt reunion. So, you know, that he's probably going to turn. I mean, that was immediately my even when Will first appeared. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. Oh, that's Um, you're you're very cynical. But I also agree with you, (laughs) (laughs) which makes me cynical, too. But in any case, you know, we have them sort of going through getting the same information and processing it. And then with Iris specifically, remember, this is like the person that was like outside of the walls, like had a hard time killing walkers. Yeah. Um, that first scene where she's like throwing up and all that. <laughs> and in this scene, like in this sort of like beginning, not beginning, but like she basically takes out one of the CRM people and is like, oh, you killed all these people. Not that guy <sighs> personally, but CRM. Yeah. And that's like a pretty big deal for her. Like this is this is a new Iris. Basically. She shoots that guy in the back while he's fighting yeah. a zombie like that is ice cold. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Like. I do wish, however, that the show would please just get rid of the stupid triceratops horn on the end of a stick. Oh, as, I know. As her signature weapon. It I makes know, me bad. so unhappy every time I see it. It's not a good weapon. It's not. It's not. Stop with the triceratops. Um, but we have her and, and Will and, and Felix basically plotting to get Hope back, back kind of plotting to like deal with CRM, but all the and this is like the muddier plot point. They don't want to endanger the people that have rescued them. Um, so there's a lot of tension there because, you know, they're not supposed to have the information that they have. And they know this. And also Huck even says this to Hope when they're having their conversation that, you know, Hope better not tell Kublak or anybody else. Like, 
what she really knows about Felix and Iris and, and the, the, like what they know or don't know and that yeah, they're that able to decode this stuff. Yeah. Well, the whole decoding BS. Yes. Uh, in that conversation with Huck and Hope, beyond the thinly, thinly veiled threats of like, don't talk, it's for your best interests and th- that of your friends. There's like some, they talk about like they know where they are. Is it that they still think they're at the old folks home? I don't know. Or do um, they know that they're at the, I guess they don't know that they're at the settlement because they don't, I think, I think Kublai Huck goes is, there later. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think hope is assuming that they're there because that she had told them and that's where they're thinking they are. Well, and so. she had basically crippled Felix at the end yeah. of last season by slicing yeah. through his Achilles, which yep. he is now kind of remark, uh, you know, healed from almost magically. He is like walking around by the end of the second episode. He doesn't seem to be that slow. I, I don't know, Stuart. I mean, you bounce back from one of those injuries, right? Just the right? old Achilles getting sliced through. No big deal. Yeah. NFL no, players no do that all the time. Uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's messed up. Um, she I, I just I can't get over the fact that she's like out there murdering people. And then if you watch the after show uh, explication with uh, the showrunner, Matthew Negrete, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, we didn't ever say it out loud, but. Felix has never killed a person, and now um, Iris has, and so the, the the balance of power in their relationship has changed. And I'm like, oh my god! Well, <laughs> first of all, that's kind of like a big bomb to drop in your after show uh, yeah. thing, there, Matthew. Appreciate it, but also, I don't know. I'm still yeah. like, Matt, uh, Felix is a good ten years older than her, way more accomplished as a fighter, and like more rational, probably because I don't feel like there was any need for her to assassinate that guy. There, there wasn't. I think, I don't know. It seemed again. It didn't seem like it got there in any kind of a reasonable way. But there we are. There's also like a theme which we hear quite a bit through this, mainly from Kublak, but also a little bit from Huck, which is, okay, you know, you're right to hate the CRM, and they say this to Hope a bunch of times, um, but you have to do bad things for the greater good, basically. Yeah. And this is kind of where we have seen them justifying doing things. And I'm assuming this is what they're talking about or what Kublik is talking about when it comes to the destruction of the Omaha and the, the, the college campus. But doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense, um, but it is like this kind of weird thing because on the one hand they're saying to hope like you've got to get on board with this and just be even though you hate us you've got to be that person that does these things for the greater good and you know Kublik has a conversation with hope's dad which basically essentially says that yes he's already made that decision and he's shown it through his decisions that he's able to sacrifice these things that are important to him for the greater good yeah Um, because she's like you, yeah. you you kept telling uh, you know the letters that we intercepted or whatever the transmissions that we intercepted that family was my your most important priority but you left them didn't you mm-hmm. um yeah that was a pretty interesting uh scene with him and Kublik. um mm-hmm. not only because she's still wearing her woolen overcoat in her own office i'm like do you ever yeah. just she never takes like, it off take off a layer i don't know is there no air conditioning in your office possibly uh, not <laughs> maybe not um, but he goes in there all like, you know, ultimatum-y and, and she puts him in his place. And I think, you know, Julia Ormond has, she's, she's just kind of slaying in this role. I, I don't know um, about the guy who's playing Leo maybe as much based on the fact that his, his scenes with Lila are like watching paint dry. Oh yeah, they are. 
so so rough the revelation of like what he was working on when he first got yeah. there is pretty cool yes, like that's you cool. know talking about putting trackers in sharks uh he's he's doing that for zombies but with like stuff plugged into their brains and so um he is doing important work and it, it is kind of and and i think that was one of the things they were trying to get across this episode was that hope is going to be a little bit um seduced by the good they can do even if they right. are doing horrible things at the same time right and i i mean i think and that's kind of the the thing is that they want her to basically submit to this philosophy and and you know um and the fungus and the fungus thing is another really cool idea yeah. that he talks about in the same video and this is stuff that lila like this is lila basically showing her the propaganda video but it's starring mm -hmm. her dad i mean it's perfect it's the perfect propaganda video right uh, well and especially for her for hope it's like oh <laughs> yeah. okay like you could totally see her being like oh i get it you know i get that this is what is important and it's basically he's been working on a fungus that can destroy walkers, um, which is a very cool idea. I like again, like just sort of the idea. And I think we will find that that will is like a, a little mole. But um, like even like we, we have a lot of like philosophy from Iris, as we always do, where she's like, we have to take risks no matter how risky, because that's why we're still alive, because we left the colony because we took a risk and they're all dead now. Right. And we're alive. So risk taking is good. Yeah. Right. So we've got that going on. And, you know, they do this whole subterfuge with the clothes. So that looks like like Will is Will and the soldier that they killed was were somehow involved in this altercation or whatever to kind of throw people off the scent. So we have that going on. Um, and meanwhile, back at the ranch or I guess back at another ranch, we've got Silas who's engaging in an entirely different sort of thing with Dennis. He's um, getting indoctrinated in his own, in their own way. Honestly, yeah. this is super cool. I love everything about this. Except, so this is yeah. to me, this was like the most fun part of this whole thing or the most interesting part. So, yeah. Um, you know, Silas left the show last season after like surrendering himself so that Percy and Elton could get away. Yeah, I do miss those other two guys. I wonder what they're up to. I'm sure I'm hoping we'll catch up with them soon, but um, he like the kid, the, Silas doesn't get that much dialogue, right? He kind of just nope. is there. He's soaking it all up. Um, and there's they've obviously inter introduced three, four new characters, including Dennis, these mm -hmm. three other people who are on this detail who volunteered for it. There's a lot going on here where Dennis is like clearly a believer and, yep. is, and it's like these other people here volunteered for this. You were arrested for starting a fire in a neighborhood in the apocalypse uh not yeah. like one that got out of control just like a cooking fire i don't know what were they burning it was something silly i don't know um but the reason why silas has been like in you know indentured into this isn't really that great but the fact that he's there is cool those little weapons they have are super cool the twist the twist yeah, is yeah. here yeah much better than a triceratops sword Oh my gosh, so much spear. better. Maybe that's just what they're trying to do is show us how much cooler the CR's weapons are than uh, Iris's thing. Yeah, um, although this little like thing kind of remind me a little bit of the cleanup job that Eugene Natal had to do <laughs> to some extent. Yeah. Um, except, I mean, that's essentially were, what it yeah. is. Yeah, they were going in. These guys, wait, sorry. Eugene and them were going into buildings and these guys just lure 
Yeah, they're luring them. It's still a little different. But when same Dennis kind is of describing the rest of like the state, there's like six other locations in the state, and mm-hmm. they're doing it at stadiums and these other areas where they're luring in herds or bunches of zombies. And then one of the kids, the guy with glasses, says that they blow them up, which has to be expensive in terms of resources. I, yep. I'm really curious to learn more about how the CR has all this like refinery capability or where they're getting explosives, ammunition. Maybe they're just so big that they can they actually have like a functional economy or, in, you know, industry. Yeah. But it, it, it is very interesting. Uh, it's a little weird that there's just these four kids out there. Um, yeah. They're in like, a, they're in a compound. There did seem to be some fencing, but it didn't look super. No, solid. it wasn't like super secure. Right. Um, but, you know, and you, you've definitely got like, um, you know, that, and there's this whole philosophy that they're like basically doing these like decontamination sites. They can eradicate all of them like in the state, basically. Um, but again, doesn't totally make sense given how many we know are out there. So, I mean, but this is a little bit more of what I had in mind when, so I was glad that they showed us this, that there is, there are things going on to try to basically rid the world of the walkers or at least parts of the area that I guess CR is occupying from the walkers. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's kind of cool. Um, and, you know, I do like the interaction between Silas and Dennis or like, you know, is, is tells a lot basically. And obviously Dennis has a backstory and it's kind of implied that him and uh, Huck are a couple, a couple or a former couple or something. Um, but, you know, that's that's sort of like I wanted to see more of this rather than the other stuff, honestly. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's this is a this. I mean, even just like the set feels like because they're living in these campers in a yep. warehouse like right away. That visual makes me think of Day of the Dead yep. and these grimy people, even though they're like kids. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's totally an interesting story right away. I want to know way more about it. And I want yep. to know more about Dennis and what he's got going on. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out more about that. And then, of course, where's Elton and Percy? They must be out there somewhere, I assume. Yeah, I'm sure they'll reappear soon. I'm sure we'll get to them next, maybe. Um, at the end of this episode, we have uh, Kublak threatening uh, Lila Belshaw, yep. uh, Leo's girlfriend, because she's saying things like, you know, hope. Uh, is way less into us than um, she was, you know, when she lived at the college station and she was pretty skeptical back then too, mm-hmm. uh, because of all the BS you get, you know, we put her through and the fact that we've killed everybody from there mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Kublik's just like, yeah, well, you need to keep doing a good job to keep her dad on task. Uh, I don't know. Like, like, the uh, Matthew Negrete also at the end of this episode talks about how like Kublak must have known when she's put all of this stuff in motion that Hope and Leo would both figure out what they had done. Like right. they they lured the, the girls away from the college campus. Right. The college campus was destroyed. They don't know that CRM did it yet, but and maybe they're expect they're expecting that they'll be able to keep that a secret forever. But mm-hmm. it does feel just short sighted, like why not just have them all go to the CR together or say, Hey, we're sending a bus for you girls and you can come to New York. Yeah. Like there didn't have to be all this 
this cloak and dagger stuff feels like it's just been a waste of time and effort. Well, I mean, I guess their whole reason, and this was some of Huck's plan, was that Hope was too reckless to bring into the community. But I don't know that they've shown that she's any less reckless in the way that they have brought her in. And in fact, they may have started her down a path that's even worse for everybody. (laughs) So I feel like there's something else that probably is going to be revealed for their reasoning behind doing it. Yeah. But if all they've got is sort of like, hey, this is for the greater good and you've got to like get in line. Um, you know, I don't know that they're they're necessarily going to do that. And again, they kind of keep giving very conflicting messaging because on the one hand, Kublik says how much they need Hope's genius, how they need her and her dad and their their level of thought to basically make sure that there is a story after, you know, keep going like versus everybody going extinct. Um And then on the other hand, she's like, oh, we have plenty of geniuses. So it's like a very strange, like, we don't need you if you're this reckless, you know, like it's it's just a very strange way of kind of going about things. But I'm hoping that maybe in the next couple episodes, some of this will be revealed a little bit and they'll they'll start they'll stop dancing around it to some extent. But um, I guess time will tell. And hopefully there won't be more scenes between uh, Lila and Leo because those were just. (laughs) painful i think there have to I, be but hopefully it'll be a breakup scene and then maybe get more maybe i don't know lila lila seems like she's maybe like i mean clearly she's going to come to the dark side because she's got feelings for leo so i expect she'll die pretty soon oh you mean she's going to get turned to the light side wait who's the dark yeah, side yeah no no the light side but according the to baddies? Who- According to to Kublik, the yes. you know they're yes. the dark side because they're not you know. Uh, and also, toward the end of this episode, before that Belshaw Kublik scene is a scene that made me a little bit laugh at Felix and Iris. I mean, on the one hand, I'm glad that Iris is a little more badass than she used to be. On the mm-hmm. other hand, she still says and does done things. Yes, she uh, does. She says to Felix, and he doesn't disagree with her. Like, this is a war. They just don't know it yet. And she's talking about the CR. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, there's two of you guys. And you don't think, I don't think right. you can really count on anybody else. Two people versus multiple right. hundred thousands is not a war. That's called, I don't know, petty crime. That's uh, something not a war. And and yeah, she says a lot of these, like, uh, again, the this is like the some of the writing, it's just ridiculous, but. Yeah. Um, to, anyway, maybe to appeal to that YA audience. And then yeah. right after they have that little back and forth about this is a war thing, they both go and like start attacking some zombies, but doing like these really weird, unnecessary spin attacks yeah. like on a slope where I'm like, you could just trip and fall down and then you'd be eaten or you could just stab them through the face with your stupid right. spear. And, and your little turny things that you're doing, you could like twist an ankle or something. Right. And he's like, got like, a sliced Achilles tendon. He shouldn't be doing anything. Well, actually, when they were doing those little maneuvers, all I could think is like, how? what is this man's tendon made of? Must be like. <laughs> or, you know, Huck really just didn't actually cut him that deeply. And it was. But it, it, they made such a huge deal of it, the episode yeah. where she cut him and that he couldn't move at all. No. And it's only been like a day or two. I don't know. And I'm sure the show wants us to forget that he was ever cut. But um, it's, yeah, that, that scene where they say the, the silly thing and then they do some silly moves does challenge my ability to take the show seriously. Yeah. And I mean, look, I'm going to I'll own up to the fact that these are, you know, especially Felix is a trained soldier. 
So, you know, maybe he knows a special way to rehab his Achilles tendon that we don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll give him that, but I just more think that, you know, just in a, on a daily basis, I can probably turn my ankle with no problem just walking down the street. <laughs> like, so <laughs> these little spinny Felix is like do. 25 though. He's, you oh, know, I he's... know, I know. But also Iris is like sort of, tr- I don't know. It just seems like silly, a yeah. little silly. Um, but, you know, again, maybe they're trying to appeal and they have to have some action, I suppose, and make them look a little bit, maybe they're just having fun with it, but yeah, I'm sure that's you know, what it is. It just felt, but, it just felt a little unnecessary and, you know, I'm like safety first. Don't do silly spin moves on a slope where you don't need to. Uh, yeah, it's the slope and the uneven ground that I was just really confused by like this particular idea. But um, but all good. Um I don't know. I don't know that I have too much more to say. Yeah, was there I anything think, else to cover? I think that's about it for these two. Um we can we'll we'll come back at it next time. Uh, there's plenty of these episodes out there. Uh, and they actually only run through there's one more tonight and another one on the fifth. And then that's the end of the season. I believe that's the end of the series. Oh. Uh, I think there's just a, they're just doing the two episodes, the two seasons of this show hmm. before they introduce uh, yet more spinoffs next year. Uh, the next two episodes are both directed by Aisha Tyler. So that's something to be excited about. Yeah. Um, and these ones were both directed by Lauren Iaconelli. Uh, Consecans. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what that means. I, I assume it means consequences in another language. That was written by Matthew Negrete and uh, Foothold, which is Carson Moore, uh, was written by Car- Carson Moore. And the um, the titular line there for Foothold was uttered by Dennis, where he was saying, like, these culling stations will give us a foothold mm-hmm. to fight back the zombies. And yes, that's the most exciting bit of a story in these two episodes is the fact yep. that they're doing this work. Silas gets to be a part of it. I'm pumped for him. Yep. So that's where we are. Uh, so I guess we'll be back next time with exit wounds and family is a four letter word. That's not true. <laughs> uh, but join us. Join us again next time. Uh, you can holler at us on Twitter. Reanimated PCAST. Uh, Gmail is reanimated. G- reanimated podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> And reanimatedpodcast.com is where you can find our show notes and links to videos about sharks that have been mostly eaten, still swimming. Sweet. And, you know, until next time, ciao. And thanks for listening. (laughs) Cool. Cool beans. Bye-bye. And uh, adios. Adios.